Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Burna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Burna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time Ooh, we got some palace intrigue in the white house we got jack fasobic tonight we have a great light in the mood all that's coming up on i'm right All right, it's time once again for Dome and Dumber. Now what am I doing here? Don't you love palace intrigue? Don't don't lie. Don't lie and say you don't. I, I see movie ratings and television ratings of the things people love. People love palace intrigue. I enjoy it. I, I'm, look, I'm a bad person, so I'm free to come out and say it. I enjoy it. Well, I take that back. I enjoy it when it's people I hate anyway. When I find out the communists are eating at each other, I enjoy it. So let's talk about Dome and Dumber. Let's talk about Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. Let's talk about how we got here and where we're at now, because we are at a point where this is getting a lot spicier 
and we may start to see some real, real adjustments. But, but before we get to where we are now, let's make sure we cover appropriately the lead up to what, is, what has brought us here. Joe Biden jumps into a primary. Kamala Harris jumps into a primary, a Democrat presidential primary. And Joe Biden is the one who's, everyone assumes he's going to be the nominee. I mean, he's going to get all the old donor money. He's been in the Senate since George Washington was there. So it was just kind of assumed I was just the vice president. Joe Biden's going to be the nominee. But then you had all these other young new candidates, these new fresh faces get in there. And everybody, everyone loves the sexy new thing, right? The, the, the new car the new house, the, the brand new this, the brand new that. People love that stuff. So every candidate who jumped in was getting at least a look from the Democrats. Kamala Harris is no different. She jumps into the race, and she gets more than a look. She gets a hard look, because Kamala Harris has a couple things in her favor when it comes to that. One, she was backed by Obama's people. Remember, Kamala Harris, always remember, Barack Obama and his people... They love Kamala more than they love Joe Biden. She's Obama's girl. Remember that. So she had Obama's backing, which gave her a lot of media backing right away. And the media fell in love with her. I mean, after all, she's not white and a woman. Our savior is here. And that's how these people think. I know you're rolling your eyes, and I'm rolling my eyes, but that's how these people think. Remember, they even we even had those videos. They were going shopping with her. Reporters who are supposed to be covering her, they're helping her pick out a new sweater. Ah, ha, ha, look how great she is. It's embarrassing, the reporting in this country. But that's kind of how that began. They were trying to make her the heir apparent. And then everyone figured out, oh, gosh, she's awful. And, and she is awful. I don't, I don't know another way to put it. Kamala Harris is not a human being who has core beliefs. She's just not. I mean, Barack Obama, remember, I hate him more than I've ever hated a politician. He does have core beliefs, though. I mean, granted, his core belief system is that America is terrible and should be torn to shreds, but he believes it. I'll at least give him credit for that. Kamala Harris doesn't believe in anything at all. She's one of those people. You've met people like this in your life. Maybe, sadly, you work with people like this. So ambitious, not that there's anything wrong with ambition, but so ambitious, they will do and say, <clears throat> anything in order to get ahead. Kamala Harris has no belief system. So the voters, even Democrat voters, who are crazy people anyway, they took a look at Kamala Harris and thought, oh, ooh, yeah, no, no, that's not going to work. And they brushed her off. Well, Joe Biden starts to pull ahead, starts to become the obvious nominee, especially when they started, you know, Kamala Harris is in free fall right away. So at a debate, Kamala Harris decides to accuse Joe Biden on national TV of being a racist. And I pretty much overtly just said it, being a racist. Jill Biden did not take too kindly to that. We forget these people are people. And off to the races we went with the drama and the rivalry. Because Joe Biden was pretty much stuck with Kamala anyway, picking her as his vice president because he made some stupid pledge that it'd be a woman uh, and a black woman. So, what do you, so you got one choice. So that's Kamala Harris, which brings us to where we are now. We're going to have Jack Posobiec on in a little while. We're going to have, well, we're going to have a lot of discussion about this tonight, but there's been a ton of buildup here. We're reaching a point now, though, where it's getting uncomfortable. This rivalry is getting uncomfortable. And why? How did that, how did it come to a head? Well, here's how it came to a head. 
Joe Biden gets elected, Kamala Harris is his vice president, and in general, normally, people would not really care about the vice president. You don't care about the vice president. I don't care about him either. You didn't care about Mike Pence. You cared about Donald Trump. The vice president doesn't even really have an official job. It's not someone you care about. And no one really cared about Kamala when Joe Biden got elected until Joe Biden started screwing everything up. And it was scandal after scandal after scandal. We got a surge at the border in Afghanistan and inflation and supply chain crisis. It was just one thing after another, after another, after another. Joe Biden's just screwing it all up. And Joe Biden is not a functional adult. Everyone knows <clears throat> the clock is ticking until they're going to have to wheel him out the back in a wheelchair back down to Florida to play golf or whatever he's going to do. So I started looking towards Kamala. She started to get more focused, not less focused. Well, Kamala Harris is, what's the best way to describe this? Wretched? Kamala Harris is not going to do well under more focus. She's going to fade. She's going to wilt away under more focus. So she's been awful. And then the rivalry has continued with the Biden-Kamala Harris camps. The rumors have been flying forever. Kamala Harris, they kept giving her, in her mind, the crap assignments. Remember as soon as there was a border scandal, Joe Biden steps up and acts like it was a nice thing, but everyone kind of could read the tea leaves and it seemed passive aggressive. As soon as there was a scandal at the border, Joe Biden steps up and he's all, uh, you know, we're giving that to Kamala. So that's, she's officially in charge of the border. She's super capable. Go get him, Kamala. And he knows she's not capable. That woman couldn't fix anything. Well, now we're getting to a place where the rivalry talk is getting pretty heavy. Kamala Harris's people are whispering to the media that Joe Biden's a racist, and that's why she's not getting the support she needs. And then, <laughs> this is one of my favorite tweets of all time, and then the press secretary, Jen Psaki, decided to take to Twitter. And before I show you the, the, the actual tweet, the reason I say it's one of my favorite things of all time is because I'm a bad person, and when women get super catty and passive-aggressive with each other, I think it's just hysterical. I don't know why. It's always made me laugh. This is so nasty. It's such a nasty woman-to-woman -woman dig, just slipping the knife in her ribs. Here's, here's what Jen Psaki said. Quote, for anyone who needs to hear it, VP, that's Kamal Harris, is not only a vital partner to POTUS, but a bold leader who's taken on key important challenges facing the country. From voting rights to addressing the root causes of migration to expanding broadband. <laughs> Let's just cover why this is so nasty. Voting rights? <coughs> that bill already got killed. Voting rights is already dead in the water. Kamala's just the person we need for this issue, which has already died. Oh, and the migration crisis? Not only is it really bad, not only is it really bad, we have thousands of more immigrants, with uh, illegals, with a migrant caravan coming towards our border and no plan to fix it or stop them, and people are already mad about the border. So once again, she comes up, dumps all the bad issues in Kamala Harris's lap, kind of putting her in her place as well. So, yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of tension there. And Peter Ducey, bless his heart, with Fox News, <laughs> took the opportunity to ask Jen Psaki a little bit about it. 
There are a few reports from over the weekend that the vice president is unhappy. <clears throat> Can she expect the president's automatic endorsement if she decides to run herself in either 2024 or 2028? Well, first of all, the president selected the vice president because uh, to serve as his running mate because he felt she was exactly the person he wanted to have by his side to govern the country. So that is who the president selected. Uh, I, I don't have any predictions of whether she will run, when she will run. I will leave that to her, but I can tell you that there's been a lot of reports out there and they don't reflect his view or our experience with the vice president. And so you guys have not heard that the vice president or key members of her staff are unhappy. Uh, here's what I know, Peter. I know that the president relies on the vice president for her advice, for her counsel. Mm-mm-mm. Spicy. And, look, we all know what the deal is here. I mean, look, let's, look, this is what one of her aides said. Quote, it's hard to miss the specific energy that the White House brings to defend a white man, referring to Pete Buttigieg, knowing that Kamala Harris has spent almost a year taking a lot of hits that the West Wing didn't want to take themselves. Now, all right, so what's happening, and why is this happening? The Democratic Party, remember, they like to act like they're the working man party, just the working people. The Democratic Party is top rung. And there's only a few select billionaires and politicians at the top who really decide the way things are going to go. Well, it doesn't exactly take a genius to figure out Joe Biden is not going to be standing for re-election in 2024. The man may not be standing at all. Kamala Harris was always there to be the heir apparent. Well, she got called up to the big leagues and she hasn't managed to even get on base yet, which is amazing because you think she'd get to third base all the time, but she hasn't. She's not a capable human being. So the power brokers of the party are looking and they're thinking to themselves, well, 2024 is only a few years away. We clearly can't run her. Everybody hates her. They're already looking around. And yes, they're looking at Pete Buttigieg, but he's got his own problems. We'll set that aside. Of course they're looking for other options. And so Kamala Harris has her aide run to CNN and, of course, blame it on racism because that's all these idiot losers know is racism and you know, feminism and all this other garbage. That's because they're all unaccomplished, unintelligent, boring losers. That's what you're seeing right now. Democrats, and you should take pleasure in this, I certainly do, they are in real trouble. What's the plan? Joe Biden's not going to be there. Kamala Harris... Uh, Everyone hates her. Pete Buckig, he probably can't run. He probably can't win a Democrat primary because he's gay. And black people aren't going to vote for a gay guy. I, I don't care if any of this is offensive. These are the facts on the ground. And the top-down, the top-run Democratic Party knows it. They're looking right now, and they're wondering, what are we supposed to do? I mean, Kamala Harris is in such a state of being persona non grata... <laughs> She got introduced at a ceremony, and they introduced her by the wrong name as the head of the Iron Workers Union. Please welcome Heather Kurtenbach. In a moment. <laughs> Please have a seat. <laughs> Someone got fired for that. I promise you that. That's embarrassing. And the, 
Even body language experts are saying Kamala Harris looks fake. She looks like, quote, she's at a party she doesn't want to be at. And what have I said before about it? It's fun to make fun of her, and I'm always going to make fun of her. But the truth is Kamala Harris has always come off to me as a nervous little girl. That's what she that's what she looks like. She looks like a 14-year-old girl with a big pimple. She looks like she doesn't know who she is, completely unsure of herself, doesn't believe in anything, and all of a sudden she's thrust in a spotlight and she's blowing it and she knows it. You ever watch that? You ever watch that in your life before? At work? You ever watch somebody have to give up and give get up and give a speech in front of the boardroom, talk for a little while? And they're clearly nervous and they start screwing it up and then they know they're screwing it up. So then it gets worse and worse and worse because they're just on the verge of a breakdown. That's where she is right now. And where do you turn? Are you going to turn back to Joe Biden? Oh, my mask. That's our president. I mean, this guy, this guy right here, this is our president. Democrats don't know where to turn. Here we go. Where is everybody? Jill. <laughs> Jill's here, the attorney general. We got the whole guy. What is there? All right, Jill. I don't know what was going on back there, but I... What's the plan, Democrats? <laughs> All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We got John Phillips coming up next. He's going to skewer Kamala Harris and the Democrats as he often does. But let's have a talk. Your home title is probably your biggest financial vulnerability. If you own a home and you don't have home title lock, it's like you just took a gigantic suitcase with all your money in it and left it sitting open on your front lawn and then went to bed at night. These cyber thieves are prowling the internet. The FBI is gravely concerned about this crime because they, they simply don't have a handle on it right now. And there's a special offer for you right now. If you go to HomeTitleLock.com and use the promo code RADIO, HomeTitleLock.com promo code RADIO, they're going to get you signed up for some protection. Go now protect yourself. We'll be back. Let's get right to him. Joining me now is my friend John Phillips of the great John Phillips Show on KABC Los Angeles, also a columnist with the Southern California News Group. John, I love palace intrigue when it's not my party. I love watching these communists eat each other, and I just, I love the hopeless situation Democrats are in. You have a half-functional old man and a vice president nobody likes. Oh, yeah. It's like a remake of the West Side Story where you got Biden's bunch against Kamala's crew. And we look at them as being on the same page as Republicans, as conservatives, as outsiders. But in many ways, they're rivals. They're working the same corner. He doesn't look at her as a partner who is 
working to advance the interests of the administration. He looks at her as someone who's going to try to push him into his grave and sleeps under his bed with an ice pick. And she looks at him as the old man who's in the way. And if Joe Biden would just go away, the White House would be hers. So there's going to be all of this conflict that's just organic that pops up between the two of them. But the fact that she's just so bad at her job makes it unavoidable. And there's no one to blame for this but Joe Biden himself, because Joe Biden, with his Kamala Harris pick, is similar to Mayor Pete, is similar to other picks in the administration. He didn't hire people because of their skill sets. He didn't hire people because they would be able to advance his, his agenda. He hired them because of the constituencies they represent. And there's nothing in Kamala Harris's portfolio that says that she'd be able to handle the border. There's nothing in her portfolio that says that she would be able to go explain the supply chain crisis and try to come up with solutions. So from her point of view, she's right. She, she didn't uh, you know, drop the ball on a subject that she was an expert on. She has no background in any of this stuff. So she's flailing as you should expect her to flail if you're at least halfway familiar with what she's done in her past. All right. You, you might be the smart, uh, the savviest political and analyst I've ever known in my life. So I really want to ask a huge general question of you here because uh, you brought this up and it, it, this popped into my head. You're Joe Biden. You did pick a bunch of people, like you said, either for their gender or their gay or transgender, a bunch of people for reasons that don't matter, instead of picking capable people who would advance your agenda. In the end, for you, if you're Joe Biden, how is that a net win? Is it a net win? Did those, do picks like that get him elected? I mean, I, I, look, maybe I'm looking at this wrong. I would think, forget all that other stuff. I'm going to pick the guy who's going to drive my agenda forward because success is what's going to get me popular. Am, am I crazy? Well, he did it, or he picked Kamala when he was a candidate. So he thought that that would help him get elected. And, and don't forget, go back to the primaries. Joe Biden was DOA until Jim Clyburn and South Carolina and black voters came in for him in a big way. That's when he promised that the first Supreme Court pick would be a black female as payback for South Carolina coming through. He said that the vice presidential pick would be a woman and that was always gonna be Amy Klobuchar. But then the George Floyd thing happened and Minneapolis started to burn and she became toxic so he couldn't pick the person he wanted to pick. And so they had to scramble. And also in those early primary states, he and Kamala Harris did not get along. I mean, she practically called the man David Duke. So there's no mm -hmm. love lost between the two of them, specifically between Jill Biden and Kamala Harris. But it was a marriage of convenience where he felt at, at that point, he needed to spike black turnout to beat Donald Trump in places like Georgia, and uh, North Carolina, Florida, and those swing states that everyone was fighting over. So he felt at that point that the, the female promise for the vice presidential pick had to be a black female. And if that was the case, there was a very short list of, of people who he could consider, he had to consider, and one of them was Kamala Harris. So I don't think he's ever really truly been on team Kamala or those two have truly had great admiration for one another, but he just boxed himself into a corner where he had to take the poison pill. 
Okay, so it sounds like you're saying to me, it did work out. I mean, yeah, it's now you have a bunch of idiots who don't know what they're doing and your administration's failing, but he did need to pick these people the way he picked them in order to get to the White House. So in the end, it did work. Yeah, well, I mean, that's part of what the left believes now. They, they value diversity over competence. But the problem is, is you cannot get your agenda through unless you have people who know what they're doing. I mean, you really need to have players who are experts at this to make it happen. This is one of the, the ways I criticize President Trump, by the way. I thought he made a major, major, major mistake. For him, it wasn't diversity and it wasn't equity and it wasn't um, identity politics. For him, it was nepotism. He put Jared and Ivanka in very sensitive positions and they hired a bunch of people that tried to prevent him from implementing his vision. If you have the rare opportunity of controlling government and you have an, a window where you can implement your agenda, you need to pick killers, you need to pick gangsters, you need to pick people who will go in there and do whatever it takes to get your, your agenda through. If you have people who are there because they're related to you or because they check certain boxes, guess what? You're not getting what you want. I have <laughs> I have a little soundbite of Kabbalah I'm going to play for you now, and I have a question, John. Okay. We must together work together to see where we are, where we are headed, where we are going, and our vision for where we should be, but also see it as a moment, yes, to together address the challenges and to work on the opportunities uh, John, now I understand politicians, uh, many of them have mastered the art of saying absolutely nothing while acting like they're saying something. So I get it. I wasn't born yesterday. But they're saying nothing. And then there's the things Kamala Harris says, like what you just heard right there. What, what is the thinking when you're her speechwriter jotting that down? Who's that inspiring? Who's that winning over? Even Democrats, even lunatic communists are listening to that and rolling their eyes saying, what? Who's that winning over? Yeah, well, uh, she uses a lot of words to say nothing. And, and clearly, even her own team isn't buying it. I mean, the story that CNN came out with talking about how unpopular she is in the White House, is that frustration bubbling up to the top. That wasn't Republicans planting a story, a negative story against Kamala Harris. Those were Democrats working for Joe Biden who can't take any more of her. So they're seeing the same thing that you're seeing. They're seeing the same thing that I'm seeing. And they look at her as if she's this massive liability, which of course she is. But they're to blame for putting her in charge of important things. Why would you ever put this woman in charge of the border? Why would you ever try to put her out there to sell your infrastructure plan or to solve the supply chain crisis? They should have known going into it that she was completely incapable of doing that. But right now, what you're seeing happen is in real time, they're discovering what people like you and I have known all along, but they're stuck with her. They can't dump her from the ticket. They can't put her on the Supreme Court to get her out of the way. Her, If you read what her supporters were saying in that article, they're already crying sexism and racism. Well, if the story was planted by Joe Biden and his staff, then who are you referring to as sexist and racist? They're, they're not talking about Republicans. They're talking about Joe Biden and the people who work for Joe Biden. 
So if you think it's nasty now, you wait until they really start to sideline her and they really start to give her the duties that vice presidents uh, typically do, which is going to weddings and funerals and, and meeting with presidents <laughs> and heads of state who wear sunglasses in the official portrait. I can't wait. Now you're just excited. Thank you, John. John Phillips, I highly recommend his show. Thank you, my brother. Thanks for having me. Dude is always so sharp. And he's so right. It's about to get worse, and she's not going to do well with that. <laughs> All right. Freedom. Free speech. What does it, what does it matter? And what can you do to help it? We're going to talk about that in a second, but first. FlippingMadeEasy.com. I get all your emails. As you know, I read them all. I don't respond because I get way too many, but I get all your emails. I read every single one of them. I understand how many people out there right now are nervous about the future financially or already hurting financially. Have you thought about flipping houses yet? You need to go to FlippingMadeEasy.com. It doesn't matter if you're a beginner. It doesn't matter if you don't know anything. If you go to FlippingMadeEasy.com and use the promo code JESSE, you get yourself signed up. And what that gets you is this. You get all the expert advice you need, article after article after article. You get the flipping opportunities in your area. Oh, JESSE, I don't know which houses. They're all on FlippingMadeEasy.com. And this might be the best part. You'll find this out when you go. Vendors. You don't know what electrician to call. Do you have a drywall guy? Do you have a roofer when you get to that project you can't do? FlippingMadeEasy.com has all that. Go to FlippingMadeEasy.com, sign up, use the promo code JESSE today. We'll be back. You don't trust the news. I'm not going to patronize you and do this thing where I come on the TV and say, uh, you shouldn't trust the news. You're not an idiot. You're watching the first TV. You know you shouldn't trust the news. That's why you've sought out other outlets where you can get actual information. I know you don't trust the news. And I need to address something really quickly here. The Kyle Rittenhouse thing. Do you remember do, do you remember how the media covered the Kyle Rittenhouse thing? Kenosha shooter, Kyle Rittenhouse, he murdered two people, by the way. Rittenhouse is basically what you would have had in a school shooter. He's a 17-year-old kid. He shouldn't have had a gun. He crossed state lines to supposedly protect property. No, he was going out to shoot people. Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old vigilante. Kyle Rittenhouse, a vigilante. Kyle Rittenhouse, the armed teenage vigilante. A 17-year-old vigilante, arguably a domestic terrorist, picked up a rifle, drove to a different state to shoot people. Kyle Rittenhouse, <laughs> a guy yeah. who's deeply racist, went with weapons to a Black Lives Matter protest, looking to get in trouble. He did. He murdered a couple of people. Rittenhouse, uh, the 17-year-old kid, just running around, shooting and killing protesters. You see the 17-year-old who was radicalized by Trumpism, took his AR-15 to Kenosha and became a killer. That's how they covered it. Disgusting, isn't it? And... In case you're wondering why we didn't lead with all the Rittenhouse stuff tonight, understand this. 
I wanted to make sure when we presented this whole thing for you, start to finish, you know, from videos like that till the till how the whole thing ended, I wanted to make sure we were in a place where we could give you one big comprehensive view for people who don't have time to follow every minute of it. So that's what we're going to do. It's not that I didn't want to talk about it. I wanted to make sure we can bring it to you in the correct way, in a way that's very comprehensive. So you can sit down for 10 minutes and get the whole boat. So that's coming. But let's talk about something. Okay, you can't trust the media. It's not exactly news. That's why you watch the first. You know why this network started. It's called the first because of the First Amendment. That's why this network started. The reason I get to say the things I say every single night on this show, it's not because of me. Now, yeah, I obviously can say whatever I believe, but... If I had an employer who didn't allow me to say whatever I want, how long do you think I would remain on the air? Think of all the networks, including right-leaning networks, where I would never be allowed to say the things I say to you every single night. If you enjoy it, if you enjoy watching content that's actually unique, where I'm allowed to say whatever I want, whenever I want, we want your support. I want you to go to thefirsttv.com slash support, and I want you to sign up. And it's not just a charity thing you're doing. You get exclusive access to things. You get special things other people don't get. If you enjoy watching a network that consistently puts out content others won't touch, go to thefirsttv.com slash support and sign up. You may even get a written copy of my burger recipe in there. We'll be back with Jack Posobiec. Are you in debt? Personal debt? I know what it's like. And people who've never been in debt don't have any idea what it's like. I will just tell you personally, when I was out of work, bills piling up, maybe this sounds weird, but I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. I didn't want anyone to know. And so that's a main reason why people don't call total financial freedom. Total financial freedom has a 15-year record of digging people out of debt. You owe $10,000 or more, it's a no-brainer. You should call total financial freedom. But people don't pick up the phone and make that phone call because they get ashamed or embarrassed or, or uh, no, you don't understand. I, they could never get me out of fill in the blank. They've been doing it for 15 years. There's no story you're going to give them where they're going to go, oh, that's terrible. Call someone else. Call Total Financial Freedom. In some cases, they're cutting people's payments in half. They have the reputation they have for a reason. Give them a call. 877-332-8291. 877-332-8291. We'll be back. Joining me now from the, I'm sorry to say it, gigantic podcast now, Human Events Daily, my friend Jack Posobiec. Jack, (laughs) I've been told, now there are rumors floating around that some people, I guess they consider themselves to be on the right, think Kyle Rittenhouse is somehow a villain for picking up a weapon and defending his community. Could you please explain that mentality for me, Jack? It's, it's completely, completely crazy, Jesse. And by the way, thank you for commenting on the size of my podcast. Um, we, don't, we don't want to make sure that anyone gets podcast envy around here. But we've seen <laughs> David French today in, um, 
And of course, you know, it's definitely the greatest and best podcast in the world, powered by the greatest and best pillows that gives you the, the best night's sleep in the whole wide world at mypillow.com, promo code POSO. David French in <laughs> The Atlantic goes over and writes a story. Kyle Rittenhouse should be acquitted on the merits of the law, but he shouldn't be made a hero. And I see people on the Twitter right saying that this foolish kid brought and who brought an AR-15 to town in the middle of, and this is what he calls it, this is what he calls it. I made sure very clear to use what language he used. Civil unrest, just a little bit of unrest <laughs> that was going on in the town. And he foolishly put himself there bringing, by the way, an AR-15, a big black scary gun that is provoking the crowd and scaring. And it's like, David, have, have you ever been to like Texas or Arizona or a gun show or around like, I don't know, men? Um, like people carry guns all the time in this country. It's completely legal to do so. Yeah, certain states have different, you know, local laws on that, obviously, but it's in many places in the United States, it's perfectly legal to do that. But he leaves out all context of, by the way, you had a crowd of rioters and looters burning down the town that included at least one child rapist that we know of, right, that we know of. But, but, you know, David French can't take the side of Kyle Rittenhouse, who's a kid who on night, not one night, not night one, not night two, night three of this town being terrorized, the mayor doing nothing, the governor, Tony Evers, doing nothing, not calling in the National Guard. No. So the people, what do you do, right? What do you do when you've got a band of marauders that are literally burning down your town? Do you not think that and by the way, like let's 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 just take a joke from you know I, I did uh, Jason Whitlock had this this comment on it the other day. He said if the shoe was on the other foot, there would be movies about this kid. If that were a band of right wingers going around and you know tearing up a town, and somebody who was 17 went out to defend, there'd be movies and a federal holiday about them, right? But David French, as ridiculous as he is, he has to find a way to justify being the quote-unquote token conservative at, uh, at the Atlantic. So he says, well, I believe in the Second Amendment, just not when anyone uses it for what it's intended for. Jack, I'm glad you mocked in your opening calling what happened last summer civil unrest, because obviously a time has a way of making things fade away. I think even people who follow the news closely, obviously everyone watching this show, you, me, everybody, I think even us, we forget just how violent and vile and widespread that chaos was last summer. It was really, really bad. People losing their lives and livelihoods all across America. It was ugly. Look, man, for me, I don't have to remember it because I was there, right? I'm never going to forget when I was in Chaz in 2020. I'm never going to forget what happened in Washington, D.C. night after night here at the White House or just right around Capitol Hill. I'm never going to forget those. I was in Kenosha two weeks after all that happened. I was there two weeks later. I saw the, the houses that were boarded up. I saw people who had put boards on one house and they had spray painted the outside of the boards and written live animals and children inside do not burn. That's what was going on in Kenosha. This and during jury selection in that process, you actually had somebody who was there that said, and they, you know, someone said, oh, well, I got out of town for the week. I just, you know, I brought my family. We got out. We got a hotel, you know, down the way. Someone else said, well, I couldn't afford to get a hotel like the other guy. So I took my family and my kids. We went down to the church 
because we thought that maybe it'd be safer in the church because they wouldn't burn that down. And so we slept on the floor of the church, hoping that we would be safe there. That's how terrorized this, I mean, we're talking like medieval level stuff here, right? You've got a roving band of marauders that's come through and the, the town doesn't have a way to defend itself. And so look, human nature is going to provide a response. That's how it works. So that response should have come, should have come. And the images you're playing right now are from the car source the night before the people at car source, the owners, they lied on the stand and said they didn't invite anybody there. And then, and then, you know, the defense team puts up photos of and videos of them standing with the defenders and Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, sure, you didn't ask him to be there. This is the night before they're burning cars, burning the city down. The response that we have, polite society, civilized society, right, 21st century, the police, the National Guard, if it gets out of control. In this case, you had nothing. You had nobody. Yet you your town was under attack. And so my question Speaking is, of I don't have harsh words for this. I have harsh words for the situation, the failed society and the failed state and the failed government that, that made a 17-year-old kid think he had to take matters into his own hands because he never should have had to be put in that situation. Yeah, that's a fact. Nature abhors a vacuum. Speaking of ugly, here's a little video of Steve Bannon, who's been placed in handcuffs. I'm telling you right now, this is going to be the misdemeanor from hell for Merrick Garland, Nancy Pelosi, and Joe Biden. Joe Biden ordered Merrick Garland to prosecute me from the White House lawn when he got off Marine One. And we're going to do, we're going to go on the offense. We're tired of playing defense. We're going to go on the offense on this and stand by. What happened with Steve Bannon? Why has he been placed in handcuffs? And what's he talking about when it comes to offense? Well, so there's 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 the legal side and then there's the why, right? And I think those are two separate questions. The legal side is why, and they're charging him with contempt of Congress. This is something that is rarely prosecuted in Washington, D.C., uh, across the United States. I think um, the majority, the vast, vast majority of people have lots of contempt for Congress. It's not a crime, actually. Um, we live in a free country. You're allowed to have a lot of contempt for Congress, and you should have contempt for this Congress. However, um, they are saying because he failed to provide documents to the January 6th committee, which is an unconstitutional committee because it's not convened for any legislative purpose. They're just trying to uh, go after political opponents, that he then is in contempt. Well, interestingly enough, Bannon had actually said, I would be happy to provide documents or provide records or come and speak before the, the committee. But the problem is they're asking for privileged communications that he held with the sitting president of the United States. And at the time it was Donald J. Trump. So communications that he had with Trump. Now Trump is suing the committee in the Supreme Court. It's going to the Supreme Court on whether or not he has to give those over because again he was the president and there's a lot of supreme court decisions backing up the fact that congress can't dig in to the executive branch because that's a check and balances kind of thing and so bannon's saying look i'll tell you what i was up to and i'd be happy to testify about my side of it but i'm not going to run, run run afoul of trump and run afoul of the supreme court if they decide in the other direction so I want to wait. That's actually what he said in his legal filings, which I read. Apparently, you know, Thompson and the rest of these guys, uh, Raskin and Adam, little Adam Schiff, 
didn't spend any time reading this. So I think you're actually going to find a situation where that judge that they drew, it's going to be hard for him to say that there's evidence of contempt here, because if Bannon had wanted to fight the subpoena, sure, you can fight a subpoena. You can fight. We had people um, under Mueller. There were people who fought subpoenas by suing. Uh, there's many, many ways you can fight subpoenas. He didn't fight the subpoena. He responded and you charged him with a crime. That's not the actions of a political Jack. leadership. That's the actions of a desperate and dying regime. Yeah, let's praise God for that. Jack, really quickly, the palace intrigue, which you're always all over, seems to be coming to, uh, if you'll pardon the pun, ahead between Kamala and Joe Biden. They There's one thing to not get along. There's another thing to send your aides to CNN and accuse Joe Biden of racism. How much worse is this going to get? I mean, it's amazing, by the way, Jesse, because I appreciate you've had me on to talk about this. I've like been one of the only guys six months ago who was saying, talking about this rift and it started small. You've had me on. We've been going in day after day talking about this. Now, boom, it's exploded. All Imagine you're like a CNN watcher and you're scratching your head saying, I don't understand the great Biden-Harris administration, the love and joy <laughs> that emanates from Jen Psaki's podium and her rosy uh, hair that um, you know that provides us every day. Why, what's all this about, right? And it's it, the the bloom is coming off the rose. The the knives are coming out. The knives are coming out between each other. They have no love lost for each other. It is open warfare now between the Biden administration and the Kamala administration because that's really what it is. You've got two administrations in the White House that are vying for control. That's what it's all about. It's about power. And the people on Biden's side know that he's in decline. They know that that European trip, he did not, he clearly had uh, health issues while he was there, came back, wasn't doing well, wasn't doing well, he was there, it took a lot out of him. They're saying, look, we need someone to replace Biden and it ain't gonna be her. So is it gonna be Buttigieg? Is it gonna be um, someone else that we have, Beto, someone that hasn't been you know, bandied about yet? We don't know, but she has been on this stage now for two years with the full mainstream media apparatus, the Democrat Party machine, the apparatus behind her. They, they literally brought forth child actors to try to make her look uh, good in these, these, these you know, Chairman Mao-style North Korean propaganda pieces that they're putting out, and they look ridiculous. She don't have it. She's never going to have it. She never had it. Um, and so I don't know if she's going back to San Francisco or what. Maybe she can run for Nancy Pelosi's seat when Pelosi doesn't run, but she is not going to be the president unless something untimely happens to Joe Biden while she's still in office. Jack Posobiec, Human Events Daily Podcast. Thank you as always, my brother. Take care, Jesse. Always a pleasure. All right. Time for Lighten the Mood. Next. All right. It is time to lighten the mood. And I will just say before I play the video here, I think most of us are probably guilty of spending too much time on our phones. Now, look... I could defend myself here and be like, oh, well, that's where, that's how I earn a living, you know, pulling stories and things like that off a phone and getting, getting all educated on the issues. But don't we all spend a little too much time on our phones? So as you watch this video and you laugh, and you will laugh because you're a bad person, otherwise you wouldn't be watching this show. As you watch this video and laugh, keep in mind this could be you. First thing I thought when I watched this video, I thought, oh, man, I bet you... I bet you I've put myself in situations just like this before.
Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young children, builds specifically adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans, and is working to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He has never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades nor the efforts of first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud foundation donor. Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.